0: It, it, it's a I mean I was a freak kids like us are freaks go. you. You gotta get the symbols up there we're starting now uh, we, we're five minutes late good evening ladies and gentlemen welcome to Birdland and Jim Carissa's cast party yeah.
1: Here we are, another fine edition of Play It Like It's Music, musicians in their own words. Alright, there's a guy who's been running an open mic at Birdland in midtown New York City for an insanely long time. And he looks like he's 15 years old. I don't know how he does it, but here he is.
0: Put your hands together for our host, Mr. Jim Caruso! I had no idea. It was, I don't know. Who are you? I have the rest laugh. So,
1: thank you for laughing. Uh, please give everybody lessons. In, in- <laughs> 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 okay, everybody do that. <laughs> More of that, please. Yeah. My man, Jim Caruso, showbiz man of the hour here on Play It Like Its Music. It's always a good time hanging with the witty and dapper Master of Ceremonies. Say hi. State your name and
0: instrument. My name is Jim Caruso, and I am a singer and a host.
1: That's really good coffee.
0: Why do you play music? I was born into a musical family. Both my parents were musicians. My dad was a band director in high schools. My mother taught elementary music education. There was always music all around the house, all kinds, classical, marching band. My mother played great piano, and she played the standards of the day. I grew up with all of that around me. I wanted to sing. I wanted to be in show business. Um, I wanted to be a variety entertainer, like Dick Van Dyke, Carol Burnett, those funny, smart people that sang and danced and did a little bit of everything.
1: At what point did that come into focus for you?
0: early like i asked my mother for an agent when i was five and she got very nervous because she didn't know how i even knew what that was and i have no idea i had must have seen a movie or something most parents don't know how that works it's a i mean i was a freak kids like us are freaks
1: well who's here at
0: cast party for the first time anybody oh whoa welcome god bless you okay let me tell all of you newcomers Mm-hmm. What's in store for oh, you? Going? Tell me to. Yeah, because yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: here's what you're in for. Cast Party is an open mic variety show for the Broadway, jazz, cabaret, pop, folk, rock, didgeridoo, klezmer, zydeco, tap, jazz, ballet, marionette, ventriloquial, autoharp communities.
1: Brought to you by Prel. So you host every Monday. What is your night at the Carlisle? Sunday. So Sunday and Monday, you basically have two. How long is the Sunday gig?
0: Three hours nonstop.
1: So three hours, and cast parties about three hours, right? Now that's, that's a
0: full yeah, but I'm at Birdland at three for a four o'clock sound check for a seven o'clock concert that I present and then cast party starts at 9.30, so I'm at Birdland all day. So by Tuesday, I am wiped out in bedroom slippers until about 4 in the afternoon holding a coffee mug. (laughs) ¶¶
1: When I go to cast party, you've always got the best lines. You know, for the people who are looking to get on stage, you prepare them psychologically uh, with your banter. I, I remember one line in particular. You go, "All right," you said, "You got to earn your ballads. You know, don't <laughs> overdo the ballads." And of course, you know that's like your responsibility as a showrunner. You got to keep keep the energy up. But there's also uh, Uh, a strong element of mentorship in that i mean i every time i've been there there's there's been an amazing mix of people there you've got working performers you've got luminaries and stars from all different kind of avenues and then you got a fair helping of tourists and fans you got local fans and people who come into town to see it i don't want to use the word institution because it's such a stale word, but it, it is very important. If it went away, a lot of people would miss it.
0: I would miss it most of all, believe me. It's it's. I wake up. I saw somebody wearing a T-shirt that said, "I hate Mondays," and I thought, "Oh my God, I love Mondays. Mondays. It's my whole reason of being now is is Mondays." Uh, but yeah, I think the key to cast party has ended up being, yes, there are stars. There's Liza. There's Cheetah Rivera, Michael Feinstein, Natalie Cole used to come in, Paul Schaefer, Martin Short, you know, all the Broadway kids, lots of jazzers because we're at Birdland and they they just drop in to see what's going on and we what's going on. If we were
1: going to do some actual radio-style name-dropping for this particular conversation, it would take up the entire conversation. So we're not going to bother with that. There's way too many names that have dropped in there over the last 15 years to, to make sense with that. But that's that's really amazing. Anyone can sign up, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's truly an open-mic night. It's part of the fun. So, you know, someone... From no name, nowhere, it might be sandwiched in between
0: Christine Lavin and the next Judy Garland. That is absolutely right, and that is part of the fun. I mean, you know, the audience comes up to me afterwards, and you know, of course, they're raving about whoever was terrific, but they'll also be like, oh, "That lady with the, that sang the song about her feet. Who was that? Who was she? You know, some lunatic woman from Comac or housewife that wrote a song." You know, she's she's allowed to come just as much as as uh, Carol Channing. <laughs> it's it's like you know every it's very um, it's very democratic.
1: Now this this idea of being discovered is that's one of my favorite bubbles to pop because it's <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the best a musician can hope for is to work regularly, and you do that. I mean, as far as being discovered goes, I've you know I think a newer player might have the idea that they're gonna make it, but that usually evaporates after a while, and once you start doing the gigging life and getting the fellowship we get on stage and off stage and on the road and off the road and those things. I used to have a routine, like a Monday night open mic routine. You were part of it. I would start out at Sidewalk Cafe. I think I would put my name on the list at Sidewalk Cafe and then come up to do your open mic and then go back. And by the time I got back, my number was probably gonna come up within 45 minutes of getting back. That thing always went till four in the morning. But once I discovered that I didn't have to stay the entire time, that's when I discovered Cast Party. I was actually discovered at your thing by a couple of people. I met met one of my series of managers there, but just, it's quite a star-studded so event. Like, I never knew who I was going to see or run into or even meet. I remember Liza came regularly. Maybe she still dishes, does. I don't know. She's uh, Okay, she's in L.A. She lives there. A lot of luminaries from out of town would come to do their thing. But Tell me a little bit of the history of Cast Party.
0: Listen, Cast Party was a fluke. I never in a million years meant to be the, the host of an open mic night. That's, I don't even go to open mic nights. I don't even like open mic nights. I'm very lucky because on this stage tonight will be some of the most talented people in the world. <laughs> also other people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I have a very list of talented people here Uh, they are not here yet but we're gonna have to start we have to start so we'll start with somebody else Um, if I can be honest uh, it was never a thing I planned on doing I was doing PR for a nightclub and uh, the nightclub had absolutely nothing going on and so I threw a party one Christmas This is 16 years ago. And um, all my friends came. There was a piano. We sang. People performed. We went on into the wee hours of the morning. It was a blast. And uh, the next day, the, the manager of the nightclub called me and said, Would you do that every Monday when Broadway is dark and all the performers in town are kind of at loose ends? And I said, Well that's weird. Why would I do that? He said, just do it. Do it next week. See what happens. We, I know I did some emails. I said, we're doing this. Called a few people. A bunch of people showed up again and it started to grow. And we started to do it every week and we gave it a name and, you know, it really started to catch on. I had no idea that there was a need for something like that. There was. And um, I kind of saw that this could be an interesting, fun addition to my life. I was still singing in clubs at the time. I was doing PR. I was trying to stay in show business in some way. And it really caught on. That nightclub went bust and we went to a couple other spaces for a few months and then Birdland called. And that's when it really took off.
1: Was the first place also in Midtown there? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. It was called the King Kong Room at the Supper Club. You're telling me the King Kong Room went bust? Mm-hmm.
1: Shocking. Oh, my Lord. That was exciting. It was over I'm sorry.
0: Oh, no, you? I am not wearing a gown. I just have a sleep. You weren't wearing your glasses, too. So I know, I saw. it. was good. This guy, but I, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I should go yeah, and But he looks nice. I Are go. you still talking? Oh, yes, okay. so well, ladies and gentlemen, it's Lisa! Yeah. Lisa!
1: What's the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you on that stage?
0: I know you've seen a lot of other people get embarrassed, yes. but what about you? I don't know if they were embarrassed. They should have been embarrassed. Um, I. What's the most embarrassing thing? I don't know if I've been embarrassed. Strangely, um, you know there have been terrible moments on the stage. We had a full-on breakdown a few months ago. Somebody. A-, a-, a comedian yeah, was heckled slightly and had a full-on breakdown on stage. That was weird. We don't get a lot of comics, but it's a great room for comedy because the audience is so hyped and it's such a positive evening. That's one thing about Cast Party that I'm proud of is that there is no booing. There's no get her off the stage or you know snarky. I'm not a snarky host. I'm a snarky person in real life. But, um, but as a host, I've, I don't think that's attractive. I, I like being, you know, somebody stinks. You know, that's part of the scene and uh, I, they've put themselves on the line just like everybody else has. So I feel like they deserve the, the respect that we give... The super, you know, when Tony Bennett comes in, uh, they get the same respect and the same applause, and the audience plays along with that.
1: That's not the way they do it in Philadelphia.
0: It's not, and it's not the way they do it on American Idol, and it's not the way they do it at the Apollo, but it's the way I do it. It's, you know, it's just the way I am on stage for whatever reason. I mean, if you want to hear snarky, then come with us to the diner afterwards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you're seeing different kinds of music like that, you're used to seeing them in different spaces in front of different crowds. Right. So you can kind of go with the flow. And if something sucks in one room, it might be great in another room. And if something is great in one room, it might be terrible in another place. And that's one thing I appreciate.
0: I mean, we do celebrate talent. I mean, that's, that's my goal in the end. And I have a huge, I mean, I have a wide musical taste. So I do love country. I do listen to jazz. I i'm a broadway baby i love it all so um a professional you, yeah but i mean i i love hearing it all so maybe that's why they all come to us and they all feel comfortable coming to us is because they know that um just because it's birdland it doesn't have to be you know some chick snapping her fingers scatting for 17 minutes in fact in <laughs> fact please don't um, you know it's it's and i have these musicians yeah. on stage that can that can kind of do anything i mean they're really extraordinary if you ain't wrong you're right if it ain't day it's night If you ain't sure, you might. Gotta be this or that. If it ain't full, it's blank. If you don't spend, you bank.
1: To be fair, I asked you about the most shameful, embarrassing stuff that that happened, but tell me one of the more glorious
0: moments. Well, there have been a lot. I mean, you know, know, I could name drop all day, because in 15 years we've had everybody. Uh, So let's do quality over glamour. Right, right. But I mean, they do kind of interconnect, because to say, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Bennett... Is a pretty great moment, and have him say, "You kids are keeping the songbook alive." You know, I mean, those you know, those moments are like, "Holy cow, this is this is huge!" Uh, but then, you know, like at the end, I remember the end of one of these nights, and I'm pooped, and the band is pooped, and everybody's ready to go home after three hours of, you know, songs. Um, this girl walked in, young, you know, early twenties girl, and she was like, Is there any way I can get on the list? And I said, We're we're kinda done for the night. And she was like, Oh god, I just moved here from Canada. I just got here like today. This is my first night in New York. I I I'm here to perform and I, I just if I don't perform my first night in New York Well, of course, what am I gonna say? Get out uh, so, so of course I introduced her. I said, "Ladies and gentlemen, there's one more. Uh, here's girl just moved here from Canada, and this is her big, her first night in New York ever. She's she's a New Yorker now. Please welcome." And I, you know, she came to the stage, and she was so excited, and then she proceeded to sing her head off, <laughs> but like for real, and you know the audience just went nuts and stood, you know, everybody stood after her song, and she had tears streaming down her face. It was like, it was this incredible moment, and I thought, and that's why we're here. You know, yes, the glamour, those, those Tony Bennett moments, and Liza, and, you know, those crazy things that happen that are, you know, so memorable, but in the end, it's like giving somebody a chance to be heard. You know, Oprah said it. Everybody just wants to be heard. And it's really what I've learned in this. And we are giving all kinds of people brilliant talent, no talent, you know, <laughs> and everything in between. Their are three minutes to be heard. And that's something I am truly proud of and constantly invigorated by.
1: Coming from New York, this show is called Play It Like It's Music. I take us into the practice spaces of the best players I can find. I'm Trevor Exter, your host. This is a podcast by, for, and about the people who play. It's also my excuse to go and grill my friends slash heroes about how they do things, how they got it together. I'd like to take a quick moment to thank you and the larger music scene for your support of this project. If you like it, subscribe. Put us in your feed next to all those other things. Put us on the radar, too, by writing a review. Five stars if you like it, and if you don't, 10 stars. If you'd like to get closer to the action, Consider helping out financially on Patreon. What started as a trickle of encouraging emails and text messages has grown into a small online community where I get to chat with you folks, share material with supporters ahead of release, as well as get a few dimes and dollars, which we use to help keep the lights on around here. We are 100% listener-funded, scene and style agnostic. Find us at playitlikeitsmusic.com. Okay, back to the show. You've got this enviable position of having a New York music gigging routine. Very few people are able to lock those down and maintain them. And you seem to have done both. And that's not all you do. Like I I know you go out on the road sometimes with a bunch of people, right? Do you do much touring?
0: The touring I've done lately is with, again, Billy. Uh, Last year we did a Sinatra show. Of course, everybody in show business, did a centennial show for Sinatra's 100th birthday. So we also did that, and we did performing arts centers, things all over the place. But the most fun is uh, when we take cast party across the country, and we've done that to celebrate talent for quite a few years, celebrating talent in Los Angeles, and San Francisco and Las Vegas and Pittsburgh and Dallas and Delray Beach and you name it, we have gone there to, uh, to meet the local talent and celebrate them and, and put on a show. So uh, what's, what's a spiel you might give
1: to someone who has their heart set on uh, singing in the neighborhoods
0: you sing in? Wow. Let me think of what that would be. I think I would tell, and it sounds self-serving perhaps, but I would tell anybody that wants to sing and be heard and make a name for themselves in New York is to just get out there and sing at every hello open mic night. (laughs) I know, I know how that sounds. But uh, just to get out and do it. I I think if you sit at home and hope for a career, that never worked for me. I had to get out there. Uh, Some people can be discovered at a very young age. Of course that happens. Uh, didn't happen for me. I'm still waiting to be discovered. But I think just getting out there, singing, creating a community around yourself, that's huge.
1: You're being quite humble right now, talking about appreciating talent and oh. lifting other people. But you open the show and you got a very strong performance yourself. What's the other weekly gig you do? Tell me about that.
0: Billy Stritch and I have been Performing at Bemelman's Bar at the Carlisle Hotel for five years now on Sunday nights, and it's you know I don't know if you've been there, but that place, the Carlisle Hotel, is an iconic, yeah. old school Upper East Side hotel. But they've had music in that hotel since the turn of, since they opened, started as classical music. The, the other turn of the century. The other yes the the <laughs> the, the true turn of the. The term of the old century. I know you can't say that anymore, can you? They started with classical music. Then they threw some popular music of the day in, which was shocking. And then jazz, what? And uh, then a guy named Bobby Short was booked. And that changed everything. He uh, brought what we now call the Great American Songbook into this iconic New York, Hotel, and it's been there ever since. So that's the Cafe Carlisle where he was. Right across the hall is Bemelman's Bar, which is this very lively bar. And we stand right in the middle of the room at a grand piano and sing our little songs and take requests and laugh. And we feel like we host the party. If you
1: could name me off the top of your head half a dozen of your favorite songs to perform, what is the Jim Caruso canon? if it had to fit on one side of an LP. Oh, my
0: gosh. Um, f- for my voice, anything that was performed by Fred Astaire really lays well for me. Uh, so that that's a lot of Gershwin, Rodgers and Hart, uh, Berlin, truly the great American songbook. So Love Is Here to Stay, With A Shine In My Shoes, um, you know, uh, you know hundreds of songs right? I, I do I do and we change partners and dance I mean any of those great songs that he that he performed uh in the movies and on Broadway I'm an an enormous fan of not only that but they lay well for me I like all kinds of music but I can't sing all kinds of music you know I have a rather limited range <laughs> and and so I know what I you know what I do and what what feels good and it is that scene that really makes me happy.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's really well-written stuff.
0: Yes, it is. You you can't argue <laughs> that these songs are
1: certainly classics. Yeah. We're so rich in this country to have those songs.
0: We are, and and that's not to say that the Great American Songbook is not a thriving living thing and that all the good songs were written before 1955. <laughs> that is yes. I don't agree with that a lot of people are very snobby about songs but gosh i just saw duncan chic open at the carlisle uh this last week and he's still writing great still because he's what is he 40 now <laughs> uh he writes great stuff and it, it just continues the great american songbook goes on and on and on so uh, what do you
1: think For for the vocalists in the audience, you've been in this routine for a while. Do you have a, any any anything you do every Tuesday to to get your voice back?
0: Weeping, crying. <laughs> what I do on Sundays is vocally tiring because Billy and I are singing for three hours, in a in a room that could be stone quiet, listening to us like we are, like at Radio City in concert. Or it could be just like we're in the middle of a frat house. You never know what the room is going to be like. But cast party is, we sing one song and then I host the rest of the night. So that's not as vocally tiring. You know, I have to be careful. I've had little things on my chords in the past and that you have to deal with a vocal pathologist and all that stuff. You know, I think that's part of the business. Um, I don't talk a lot during the day on the days when I have to work. I'm here at, the, at my desk, alone, so I'm not chatting. Um, you know, I, you just do whatever it takes. Everybody's different. And I think also, the, the older you get, I think the more cautious you have to be to not blow it out. When you're younger, you can blow it out, and you heal faster, it seems. How does one ground
1: oneself emotionally in a show business career?
0: Oh my god. I guess surrounding yourself with friends and family that you trust and know and understand and can talk to? I don't know, I mean, I, I, that's how I've done it. I've, I've always had a lot of friends. I grew up an only child, so I wanted to be an Osmond brother when I was growing up. I wanted all of that. I wanted the matching outfits and the singing, the Von Trapps, you know, um, but I didn't have that. So I think I've, I've created that family of friends around me my whole life. So I've always had a big personal community. I keep saying that word, but I think it's really important. And it's certainly changed the trajectory of my career and life. And now that community is my job. I've always wanted to hang out with people that were more talented than I, funnier than I, sing better than me, you know, all of that. I just, I think it's It makes me feel better. It makes me do better. And I think that's pretty huge.
1: Fantastic. Are those things that are good? I think I got what I need, Jim. This has been fantastic. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And thank Jim Caruso for sharing his space with us. Go see him sometime at Birdland on a Monday night. It's an institution. Play It Like It's Music is produced, recorded, edited, mixed, and hosted by me, Trevor Exter. Have a good gig. so much for listening to the show. It means everything to have your ears and support each time you pass the link to your friends, review us on the web, and help out financially. These are the players I admire the most, and as a working musician myself, I'm always looking to get to know them in a deeper way, find out stuff that might help me become a better musician. I love sharing these moments with you and reading your feedback and questions at our website, playitlikeitsmusic.com, where you can browse other episodes and support the show. We are 100% listener funded. It's how we can have the conversation we need to have in an age when we're all contending with a mutating professional landscape, jacked revenue streams, and a lot of noise out there in the culture. These are exciting times. It's almost as if the simple act of playing an instrument is a revolutionary one. We don't draw any lines between scenes or styles. So if you haven't done it already, head over to the website and join the community. You can use PayPal or make a recurring pledge through Patreon, where we offer a selection of merch and rewards. As always, thank you for listening, and remember to play it like it's music. I'm Trevor Exeter.